This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Today, mostly sunny, high near 48. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of rain and snow showers, low around 36. Tuesday, mostly cloudy, chance of rain and snow showers with a high near 45. Construction crews are renovating an Endwell building to accommodate a state police station in the town of Union Court Operations. A project to reconfigure and expand the town-owned structure on East Main Street is nearing completion. The state police facility is expected to be relocated from its current space in the building to the lower level. Town Supervisor Robert Mack said that the move probably will occur in January or early February. When the state police operations are relocated, remodeling work will begin for the town court. The court now operates out of leased space in the Johnson City Village Justice Building. Max said he now expects court operations could start at the Enwell building next May. Moving the court back to Enwell will save the town about $50,000 a year in rent payments that it's been making to Johnson City. The cost of the work at the Enwell building is expected to be around $2 million. The project includes flood proofing of that structure and the neighboring town office building. On Friday, workers at the site used a crane to remove old heating and air conditioning equipment before placing new units on the roof. On November 6th, a town of veteran highway department just north of Horseheads employee rendered 9-11 services to Merca Road in the town of veteran for a possible explosive Members of the New York State Police Bomb Disposal Unit and FBI responded and made the explosive safe. Members of the state police and federal partners investigated numerous leads over the week by interviewing neighbors and seeking information from companies across the United States, which yielded a possible suspect. On November 11th, Michael Hilliard was apprehended and charged with criminal possession of a weapon in the first degree. He was arraigned and remanded to the Chemung County Jail. On November 12th, New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigation executed a search warrant at Hilliard's residence at 207 South Main Street in Horseheads. The bomb disposal unit contaminated crime scene emergency response team and forensic identification unit located several suspicious hazardous materials inside the residence. The immediate surrounding area of the residence was evacuated for safety concerns until the suspect's residence was cleared of all hazards to the public. New York State Police are working in conjunction with the FBI for the disposal of all hazards. East Franklin Street to Broad Street and Horseheads was closed to the public while the scene was being processed. A project to develop dozens of affordable senior housing units in a building at Binghamton University Health Sciences Campus in Johnson City has been canceled. The school had been working with the Binghamton-based First Ward Action Council on a plan that would have used a section of the old Ozula building at 18 Park Street. The project had been discussed at meetings of the Johnson City Village Board in recent months. The board approved the site plan in late September. 
Agency Executive Director Jerry Willard said 30 apartments would have been developed using some of the space in the Park Street structure, but a decision was made recently to not go forward with the project. Willard said there were issues involved in the applying for state funding that would have been needed. The abandoned industrial building and neighboring properties were acquired by Binghamton University Foundation in 2019. University President Harvey Stenger told WNBF News the intention was to renovate the Ozolid structure so it could be used to make pharmaceutical products. He said the first floor of the building would be a perfect site for manufacturing. A potential partnership between Binghamton University and Upstate Medical University may lead to a future use of a portion of the Johnson City building. Donald Trump's lawyers will start calling witnesses to the New York civil fraud trial that threatens the former president's real estate empire. First up today is Trump's oldest son, Donald Trump Jr. He is a Trump Organization executive vice president and a co-defendant in the case. He'll be returning to the witness stand two weeks after state lawyers quizzed him during a major stretch of the trial that also featured testimony from his father and siblings Eric and Ivanka Trump. Trump Jr. originally testified in November 1 and 2. He said he never worked on the annual financial statements at the heart of New York Attorney General James' lawsuit. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing, praise for the morning, praise for them springing fresh from. NBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now for Monday, November 13th, 2023. And morning has broken. 607-772-1290. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Bob. It's Ron from Binghamton. I thought I'd be the first caller this week since I haven't called in a while. Um, I like the, the music, Cat Stevens. Uh, morning has broken. Uh, you probably know uh, that that is in at least the it's in the Presbyterian hymnal that you find in in your pew in in, in church when you when you're uh, going to um, services. Uh, but I perhaps uh, the tune we need to hear is uh, you probably know who sang it the. Eve of Destruction. Can't believe we're on the Eve of Destruction. Or oh, where is that? Edwin Starr? Is it? No, I've, I'm thinking of uh, War. Eve of Destruction yeah. was, um, oh, what was it, The Animals? Eric Burden, The Animals? Or? Possibly, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was uh, uh, It was a, oh, no, Barry Maguire. It was oh, Barry, was it? Barry, the one and only Barry uh, Maguire. 
Yes, because we are on the See, eve I'm not, of destruction. I'm not, I'm not good at remembering some of the names that go with the tunes. I thought Barry McGuire, he's not the guy who did the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Green Berets tune. Who did that? I don't know, but Green, but he yeah, died. Yeah. He died. The, the uh, Barry... Yeah. Uh, Barry, Sergeant Barry, let's see. Now I have to look it up, and this is really early. Oh, Barry Sadler, Sergeant Barry Sadler. Oh, yeah. What a yeah. sad, sad story. A tragic, what, tragic life. What brings the eve of destruction to mind uh, is, I don't know if you uh, have uh, seen this yet in, in the news, but uh, did you know that Jacob Chansley, is going to, he's filling out paperwork to run for the Congress of the United States, Jacob Chansley. Do you know who Jacob Chansley is? Yeah, he's the uh, QAnon, QAnon boy, yeah. the, the, the guy who dresses up like a, a kid for the insurrection. QAnon boy who stormed the Capitol now is uh, trying to take over the Congress. I mean, he yeah, was trying to take I, over the Congress on January 6, 2021, and now he wants to actually be seated. Can you imagine the shame well, of this country if the QAnon kid becomes a member of the House of Representatives? Well, well Bob, I, I, I uh, wanted to, well, I, I wanted to call early today to, because, yes, uh, that idiot... Uh, is uh, wants to run for Congress, the uh, you know, and, and just uh, he was the uh, kind of the symbolic uh, presence of that January 6th insurrection with his wacky uh, horns and painted face and uh, furs and such. Just what what we need. I I I think the the the, the cogent point here though would, would be. Okay, he's he wants to run for Congress. Now you and I reacted pretty much the same way. Like uh, this, this is not a good sign on the health of this country. But I'm I'm wondering, and I hope some people hear me this morning, and I'm wondering what people think that might be a good thing to have a January sixth insurrectionist. Uh, run for the Congress because I think there are people out there that uh, are to some extent uh, in in um, sympathy with the January 6th insurrectionists and uh, we the people, so to speak. So I just wanted to throw that out there uh, to 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 wonder who might think that is a positive thing. I'm on record. I think it's a, a negative thing. Well, let and, me uh, let me clarify, although I don't really want him to become a member of the House of Representatives. I I welcome him as a candidate. I think that's I think maybe that's a, a healthy sign that he in our our system he's allowed to be a candidate. He's running, apparently, or wants to run as a libertarian. I mean, that's worked before. It worked for um, our current district attorney. He won as a Libertarian Party candidate. If it worked for Michael Korchak, who knows? It might work for Jacob Chansley. I don't think it will. But, again, I don't speak for people in that district of Arizona. If, if the people 
of the 8th Congressional District of Arizona. Choose him over a Republican or Democratic candidate. He ought to be seated, I guess. Um, unless they're... I'm not aware of anything legally that would preclude the uh, costume-wearing kid from being seated as a member of the House of Representatives if he... Um, if he wins, fair and square, so long as the election doesn't get stolen, Ron. Right. Well, you know, Bob, <laughs> it, it's uh, uh, as far as his uh, right to run, uh, that's one thing. Now, I'm thinking back uh, to, although I was, I was very little uh, when, when this took place, and, uh, but I, I, saw, um, <clears throat> I saw films of it and such, and, and you have two. Uh, the Joe uh, Joe McCarthy and and the the hearings the McCarthy hearings in the early fifties rooting out the so called communists and uh, and I remember finally it was the Army McCarthy hearings and finally uh, a a judge um, a Middle Western judge I I think uh, I can't recall his name but he finally turned to Joe McCarthy and it was the end of Joe McCarthy. When he when he looked at Joe McCarthy and across the tables said, "Have you no shame? You know, have you no shame, oh, Joe McCarthy?" And uh, well, you I could think, ask that of people like Bill O'Reilly or Tucker Carlson. Have you no well, shame? Well, uh, I you certainly could. You could ask, it, "Oh, who is that football coach who just got fired in a seventy-seven million dollar termination?" Have you no shame? I know that that has nothing to do directly with this conversation, but you bring up there there's something going on in America today. I mean, it, when we've touched on this with Bill O'Reilly, say in the past, when he had to leave the Fox cable channel early and they sent him packing, basically, and we don't have tapes. Lordy, I wish there were tapes, but um, we can only surmise the conversation of whoever... Mr. O'Reilly's supervisor was at the Fox Cable Channel is, um, Mr. O'Reilly, you have to leave early. We wish you the best in your future endeavors. Here's uh, a satchel full of $25 million. Uh, these, two, these two burly women will show you out. Well, Bob, I, I, I guess we're getting to the, the point. The point I'm, I'm making here is, and, and wondering, what I'm wondering is, uh, uh, is is shame in fact an underrated virtue and an un, unappreciated uh, uh, thing in our society that uh, shame equals fame in, in a sense? And always well, that's has. what it's become. That's look at and again, this is not a perfect. It's hardly a perfect analogy. But speaking of people getting fired and and becoming more and more successful, people like shock jocks like Howard Stern say he would get fired or fined by the FCC for doing things that were just not done on polite radio and then he would get another contract and and before you know it he was making millions and then hundreds of millions of dollars for being the king of all media so this is just a continuation of a trend that's been going on I'd say for the last few decades in this country as far as shame I think I think the average American still understands the concept of shame. However, some of the most successful, and when I mean most successful, some of the wealthiest 
people in America. Think about it. Some of the wealthiest people in America, regardless of profession, have done things that were ethically dubious or just outright illegal. And somehow they've managed to get over their shame and keep raking in millions or billions of dollars. So it's, hey, that's, that's how our system works. We, we have uh, a tendency to re- reward the bad boys. I don't want to be sexist because even for a time, remember that one woman who ran Theranos one time, she was a paper billionaire until they found out that her so-called medical breakthrough was a big lie. But we, we as a society tend to support people who engage or support big lies. And I don't understand it. And it sounds as though you don't understand it either. It's, it sort of goes against everything we've been taught. Well, Bob, uh, you know, if Jacob Chansley wants to run for the House of Representatives, well, fine. Maybe he has no shame. Maybe he's lacking shame. And I won't even say shame on you, Jacob, but I, I would be predisposed to say shame on you to people who want him to be in Congress because he represents something that uh, was on display on January 6th. And people who think that he may be some kind of culture hero, uh, uh, then I say to them, well, shame on you. And keep in mind, what you just did was criticize a key portion of our loyal audience. Well, no, no, I, I don't know that one person will come up and say they're behind. I, I didn't say they're going to they're going to call in and admit it. No, many many people who support this guy probably aren't going to call this program and say, "I support the QAnon kid, and I I hope he is elected to Congress." I don't think many people will call in and say that, but many people are listening or hoping that'll happen. But you know why? You know why I think, Ron, that we're not going to hear much support for the QAnon kids' congressional candidacy on this program because the people who call in don't want to try to justify it in a conversation with a host because they know my feeling on it and they also realize it's it's very difficult to support. So if if they're going to call anybody about the QAnon kid running for Congress in Arizona, they'll call Hannity or Levin. They're not going to call me. Hannity or Levin might support this guy's candidacy. People around here who support having an insurrectionist in Congress don't want to deal with me. Well, Bob, you still have you you still are taking calls from Vestal, New York, aren't you? I was going to make an announcement about that. Um, uh-huh. Stay tuned. Uh, unfortunately, okay. you know how the internet has something called geofencing. Well, what we found out now that we're using. And actually, we have been for a while using a phone system that's internet protocol. We can geofence certain communities. So I, that's all. Actually, I was going to make an announcement, but that's all I'll say. We, we do have the capability now of um, geofencing. So perhaps, I'm just saying perhaps if we wanted to, we could limit calls from certain locations. That's all I'll say. I'm, I'm not saying we've done it. I'm not saying we will do it. I'm saying I believe we can do it. So we'll, we'll see. I'm, you know, so far today, we've had zero calls from Vestal. So 
I find that very curious. Well, you know, there's another great old <laughs> tune, Bob. Uh, don't fence me in. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, actually, you can call from Vestal if you're calling from a payphone. I'm kidding. All callers are welcome. Vestal, Endwell, Windsor, even Horseheads. I was in Horseheads yesterday. I saw the police in Horseheads. They, uh, they had a section of Horseheads closed down. State police and I think some other agencies, it looked like they were, as they say, having quite the, quite the Sunday in the legendary village of Horseheads. It's 925, Bob Joseph Live, WNBF. WNBF, Binghamton, Dave and Vestal, you're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Bob. Yeah, so I bet. But you know what? I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, everything that's going on in our country and the world right now, Bob, <laughs> this is what Ron chooses to be agitated about this morning. Get a grip, would you? We what? No, on- it's, he's, he's allowed to focus on something new. I think it was one of the most important topics we... Uh, have yet to discuss. I think this is a, a critical issue. This is a new issue, an emerging issue. And if we don't talk about this as adults, he's liable to be in Congress. Before you know it, he's going to be Speaker of the House, eating expensive ice cream, and uh, being criticized by Democrats. Okay, Bob, then what do we do? Let me ask you then, then, what do we do about the people? What do we do about all our Marxist, communist professors leading all this stuff? Hey, in this country, as long as you're not breaking the law, you can have any political view you want if you don't break the law, if you don't threaten people. So just because you don't agree with a certain person's philosophy doesn't mean they ought to be fired. You can't jump. You can't march around and say kill Jews, and you can't refuse. I didn't say you could. You can't threaten people. You can't say kill anybody. You can't threaten people. That's against the law. If you have a certain worldview and you're not threatening people, then this is America. Freedom of speech. Leaders of our university, Bob, presidents of the university. Presidents of the university are people, too. They're not excluded from the First Amendment. Every university leader, every administrator, every educator, every support person, every student, every American has a right to their political views. Pillar bust, all you want. I'll get in there, Bob. I'll get in there. I'll get a window there. Hey. You know what? They are not condemning these protesters that are 
anti-Israel. They're not condemning. They're not saying anything, Bob. You know why? Because they're worried that a lot of these kids are going to be deported. Big deal. Get them the hell out of here. We don't need anti-American crap. Look at all these people coming across the border now. How many of them you think are like that? How many murderers we got coming across? How many terrorists do we have coming across, Bob? We got the open border. We got the country falling apart. Biden's worthless. The Democrats are worthless. They're killing this country. And you guys are worried about some guy wearing horns, making it in, (laughs) getting his seat. Oh, my gosh. Come on, Bob. The world's crumbling. Our country's falling apart. And it. <laughs> well, look, I mean, Dave from Vestal, if you think having some sort of trick or treater elected to the House of Representatives furthers your cause, hey, go for it. Why don't you go out to Arizona and campaign for him if you think he would make such a stellar member of Congress? I didn't say that, Bob. I didn't give you an opinion on it. I'm just saying, I'm just making fun of what's important to you people this morning. The world's crumbling. We're, we're ready to explode with anti-Jewish sentiment, Bob. They're marching. And looking in London, 300,000 they're going to march. And they're saying kill Jews. Doesn't that alarm you? Or don't you guys care? I'm alarmed by anybody, anybody who's calling for violence against anyone against any individual or group. Yes, it's alarming. I don't think anybody should be calling for violence against anyone else. It's alarming, and they should stop at once. I condemn anyone who's calling for violence against any other individual or group. And stop bringing these foreigners over here into our universities that cause all this crap. Keep The universities haven't caused a darn thing, except... The universities are places where people are supposed to be able to discuss controversial issues intelligently. They are activists, Bob, and you know it. Hey, if people want to be activists, there's nothing in the law, local, state, or federal, that says you can't be an activist. Some of the people who founded this great nation, the country that is the greatest, were activists. You didn't think they concentrate? You don't think they purposely bring those people over here? No. No, they don't. They don't purposely bring what you call those people over here. People are coming here to America because of what we symbolize. We're a shining city on the hill of the world. By the way, that's what Ronald Reagan said. We were going to be a shining city. So are you against Ronald Reagan? Are you against apple pie? Are you against Ali North? I mean, again, you know, be a loyal American and allow people to have their own views that may differ from yours. I'm going to be a loyal American and show them the hell out, Bob. That's what a loyal American patriotic person would do. Get them out of here. They're causing problems. They're causing trouble. They're anti, anti-Israel. They hate America. Why do, we, why do we open the doors for them and greet them and say, welcome. Keep them the hell out of here. We don't need them. I say welcome to America. The more people who come to America, the more people who can listen to great radio programs. Well, Bob, I uh, I still can't believe you. <laughs> that 
That's important. Keeping that guy. Bob, you, like you said, you said it yourself. The way that the way things are set up, anybody can run. Anybody can run if he wants to. He'll probably lose, but let him run. But that shouldn't be it. That's what I said. I said he can run. Go for it. As far as I can tell, there's nothing legally that precludes him from running as a libertarian candidate in the 8th District of Arizona. Go for it, man. Go for it, QAnon cowboy. I, I'm not praising the guy. I, I'm not on the set. I, I, I'm not praising him either. I'm saying he has the right, as much of a right as you or I, to run for the House of Representatives. If he thinks that he has something to offer the federal government, hey, go ahead. Let the people of the 8th District of Arizona decide. I don't live there. Well, I'm actually jealous of Ron. If that's how, if that's... Boy, I'd like to have his life. Boy, nice, easy going, relaxing. That's that's the biggest thing that bothers the guy. He didn't say it's the biggest thing that bothers him. He brought up a new issue. Wouldn't it be nice if every day every listener who called the program would bring up a new issue that hasn't been discussed before instead of just the same, same wackiness, this and that, Fox and this, Newsmax and that. It's like, come on, man. Give us a new bit of topicality. Ron is going to win the grand prize for coming up with a new topic this week. I recommend all listeners strive to be like Ron and bring a new topic to the table every morning. Wackiness, Bob? The country's falling apart. The country's not falling apart. Nothing could be further from the truth. I enjoyed a great weekend touring upstate America and seeing some sights I've never seen before. There was no evidence that upstate America or any part of this great land is falling apart. <laughs> gas prices are coming down. Where I was, I saw gas for $3.23 a gallon. Come on, man. This country falling apart. This country is getting bigger bolder, prouder than ever falling apart. America won't fall apart. Not as long as I'm here. 937 WNBF. Hmm. Is that performance art? Hello, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, thanks, Bob. It's Gary from the West Side. <laughs> I'm channeling my inner rush bow. I want to be I want to be 2024, I want to be hired by the EIB network, and I will portray a character called Bob Limbaugh. <laughs> that would be pretty good. I like And that. I could do it. Now, the people, sure the people who would recognize my voice from Binghamton would be like, wait a second, it's just Bob Joseph portraying a character he calls Bob Limbaugh, and we know the real Bob Joseph, but most of America and most of the world will be like, I like this Bob Limbaugh. He reminds me of some previous radio host. <laughs> Very good. I mean, seriously, if I could parlay that, I, I've talked about this just jokingly in the past. If, if I could get a $10 million annual contract to portray a person called Bob Limbaugh, this is Bob Limbaugh, American. And, hey, again, aside from the people right here in this little corner of the U.S. who may in some ways be familiar with me, most Americans be like, Bob Limbo? I don't know, I can't put my finger on it, but man, he reminds me of another prominent radio host who is no longer with us. You know, So uh, again, could would I do it? Well, 
Realistically, Ron, of course I wouldn't. I don't have a price. Some people would have a price. I personally would not do that for any amount of money. Yeah, I don't Unless somebody asked me politely. <laughs> if somebody asked me politely. You know, if if they was, gave you health benefits. Yes. It, yeah, okay, yes. Yes, health benefits would, you know, $10 million plus health benefits. And, and if they were polite, Mr. Joseph, would you at least consider this? And I'd be like, oh, no. As I, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, I will not. And then they would say, well, just think about it over the weekend. Okay, so $200 million and health benefits and and a new you go and be like and all you have to do is work monday through wednesday <laughs> yes and then you get all of the summer off also yes you know, you, you know sort of a howard stern lifestyle where Absolutely. you you, you howard stern works howard stern yes broadcast from a home studio that they would set up so it'd sound better than a typical radio studio so nobody would know i was not actually broadcasting from a professional radio studio because they would install a state-of-the-art home studio, do a live show two days a week, and work for 38 weeks a year. Yeah, that, that sounds, in some ways, it sounds uh, enticing. Very good. So, Bob, this is why I listen to your show, because of your two previous callers, right? So you got Ron, he was just trying to get, you know, a, a subject out there that we could discuss and stuff. And then you got Dave, who calls in, and he gives his opinion. And you know what? It's both sides that you listen to it's two different varying opinions that's what we don't get a lot of times in news and stuff today right you've mentioned it cnn right msnbc fox newsmax whatever it is they just have one agenda right and that's all they do you go watch bill marshall all right and he's got senator what ted cruz i think was on this past weekend and it was a good show I, and guess what if you hate Senator Ted Cruz, I, I suggest that you watch the Bill Maher show. He made some good points. I really don't like Ted Cruz. He made some great points. You know, Dave makes some points. And, and you know, sometimes you go too far one way, but there's still points, and we got to find the in-between. That's what we like. There's no shows anymore that give you both viewpoints, each side politically. You know, it's just one or the other. And if you stray from that, you know, you're like, oh, you're you're one of the weird guys. You're one of them. No, you got to, you know, here's the thing. Not whether you're a Democrat or Republican, all of the ideas aren't correct. There's something in the middle that we have to find, and that's what it is. One side isn't always correct. The other side isn't always correct. Both have good views, and you got to kind of mix them up a little bit. That would be a good world. I don't know. What do you think, Bob? Sure. I, a little, a little I agree half with and you. half. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't think I know it all. In fact, I know I don't know it all. And There's I also know my opinions. He knows it all. There's but, one person that says he knows it all. And, you know, he's the former guy. He says he knows it all. He's always right. And you can't be that way. Okay? No, and that's, and that's that why, although he still has millions of supporters that's why he has more than 300 million people who just can't stand him and i'm sorry to report that because that's that's a pretty serious thing a country of 333 million people and 300 million can't stand you now having said that that still means there are probably 27 million people who love the guy and that's okay i 
I respect their opinion. I, I will concede I'm a tad mystified about their loyalty, but they're entitled to support whomever they want. If, if they support him, I say good. Keep supporting him if that's who you believe in. I'm not trying to dissuade anybody, any of his supporters, and say, oh, stop, stop, I don't understand it, and 300 million people in this country uh, don't like him, so you should automatically stop supporting him. If you have supported him for years and you still like the way he behaves, hey, I'm not going to discourage you. Hey, In fact, listen to this. Listen to this, Gary. I encourage... This is me. It's not, I'm not speaking on behalf of the station or any organization. This is just me personally. I encourage all the people who support him to send all the money they have to him. I encourage them. Ooh. Well, why not? No, don't do that. Well, don't why do that. not? Keep, keep it. <laughs> keep or, it because the I mean, only but I, if well, I was, Gary, if, yeah, but let me just say this, and you can say right, your right. one thing. But if all I right. was going to be mean about it, I would say, oh, all the people who support him, stop sending him your hard-earned money and send it to me. Now, that would be mean, and that wouldn't be right. But some radio host would encourage you, <laughs> well, stop supporting him and start supporting me. I'm the future guy. But I don't do that. If you still support him, then either support him through calling radio shows or support him if you want to give money if you want to give a dollar a month or a thousand dollars a month if you want it's a free country it's your money right. so go for yes. it now i encourage you to make responsible decisions so say if you are down to your last two thousand bucks i wouldn't say give all that money to him i mean say set some money aside for um living expenses for food and energy bills and so on but yeah be responsible don't don't harm your family don't don't say oh i've got four kids and a spouse but i'm sending 99% of the money i have to him i wouldn't say that's responsible but support him responsibly if you feel he deserves it okay there you go you know like a lot of like democrats they can't think of a positive Thing. One positive thing about Donald Trump, and even if you ask like uh, people who call him that are pro Donald Trump, they can't even really say one good thing that he's done. Okay, but I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. I don't like the way he talks about people. He makes fun of people and all of that. But besides that, I I think he did do something very good in his four years. One thing that he did, Bob, is that he let veterans go to a different hospital instead of going to the veterans hospital right they could go to a they could go to ward's hospital now and get done what they needed to get done it just opened up a whole new health care for veterans and you know what that's a good thing for veterans for the country it is a good thing we got to treat our veterans with respect especially right here you know on veterans day that's what Donald Trump did. That's one good thing that I think he did. All right. Now, well, you're in more, but I, appre you know, I appreciate. So now I, I can get a, a fresh notebook and I, I can list that as number one. <laughs> Helps veterans. Okay. Thank he you. Did. He well, did. He did. Good, good news. Good news is. Good news is it's a small notebook and it's highly, 
highly unlikely it's ever going to be filled, but at least we have one entry. Thank you. Your pen's not going to run out of ink. Out of ink. <laughs> I was going to say that. Day. Thank you. Yeah, don't have to worry. Don't don't need a multi-pack of pen, pens to uh, fill my tiny little notebook. But at least I have one entry. Congratulations, sir. It's 947. Bob Joseph, a friend of all at WNBF and WNBF.com. I've used brilliantly the laws of the country. There she was, just walking down the street singing. Do what did it, did it, done, did it, do. Tapping her fingers and shuffling her feet singing. Do what did it, did it, done, did it, do. She looked good, looked good. she looked fine. looked fine. She looked good, she looked fine. And I nearly lost my mind. WNBF, all the hits, all the time. Back to the phones. We're very popular in Vestal. Morning, Bob. You lost your mind, all right, ten years ago. Oh, uh, yay, Dave. I heard Dave. I was on my way to Walmart. I couldn't get back to the phone quick enough. Yay, Dave. He was good today. He was like me. He got down there and funky. Yeah, I notice as soon as anybody challenges you, your little liberal pals from Binghamton call rape, you know. Probably Matt will call later and Vinny. And, and you say different subjects? Who's the one that brings up the same crap every day? You. I haven't you know brought up I mean? anything today. Oh, uh, see, you always got a way out, too, with this little double talk years. I'm tired of that. You do that all the you're still talking about Judge Deneen twenty years Oh my god, see? I cannot talk I didn't to you say about. anything about her. You did Friday like four different times. Listen, pal, I got a memory like you were talking about what about like eight years ago and all I heard after Trump what about Trump? What about Trump? But when anybody said anything about Hillary or any of those people, I don't believe in what about I don't understand what you are the biggest hypocrite I have ever heard. And you just keep going. And these people in Binghamton, I don't know what you're smoking up there, but they believe what you say. I hope that guy in Arizona wins, the horn guy. You wanted to hear somebody say that? Well, I'm saying it. Because to leave, well, I, I, I hope he wins if he's the best candidate. Know. The odds are, though, in that district, in the 8th District of Arizona, the Republicans and Democrats are going to find a much better candidate, and so he's probably going to lose. He'll probably come in fourth. He's going to come in fourth in a three-person race. That's like Biden leading a one-car parade. He couldn't even do that. Anyway, your little Tlaib led an insurrection last week. I didn't hear anything about that. People kicking stuff at the Capitol. How come you don't mention that? That Tlaib ought to be sent back to wherever she came from, too. She came from the United States of America. Yeah, right. My, you're weird, man. You <laughs> hey, she's great. You know, I mean, I, I don't support a lot of what she says. Her views sometimes are, are oh, just at odds. Cold. They're at odds with, uh, with my worldview. But, you know, she she certainly shows, I think, I think she's trying to represent people who otherwise are not represented in Congress. See, you always stick 
up for people like well, that. What? We, <laughs> oh, my God. That Come on. She people. was born in Detroit. How did those people ever get voted in? She was born in Detroit. She's as much an American, Bob, as you are. No, she isn't. And in Barack fact, Obama I would go so far as to say she's more of an American Barack because Hussein she represents Michigan's 12th congressional district. Yeah, and she does it. She does it well. Yes, she does controversial things. She says some things that are very, very disappointing. And yeah, but in you some cases, I don't agree with what she says. I think you're a bigot. Oh, I am not. I am not. I think you're an anti-Semite. That is so untrue. Because I heard last week people were calling, bringing that up, and you cut them right off. So I think you're on this. Mm. Pro-Palestine. Wrong. I don't know, Bob. You just, you drive me nuts, you know that. You, you're just so unfair, and then to come on here and, oh, Trump did one good thing. Trump did I didn't say, wait a second, I didn't say he did a good thing. Gary did. Don't you misrepresent me. I didn't. I never said he did one good thing. Gary actually, I think, has some brains up there. But most of those people that call, it's like you got to be kidding me. They believe everything Dana Bash tells them. I, what's with Dana Bash? She looks like she's got constipation constantly. You know who they ought to bring got, back is Don Lemon and uh, Brian yeah, Stelter. Like Brian Stelter, Don Lemon. Oh God, that bald-headed monkey-looking. Oh my God! Please, You're weird, please man. don't, don't, don't refer to people as animals. Yes, that's, I do refer to. Well, people. that's that's impolite. That's impolite. We don't want to refer to people that way. That's that kind of discussion that, that has no place on radio. Say something about cutting Vestal off. I was getting out of my truck and going to Walmart, and you said something about maybe we'll do something with some kind of weird thing. I didn't understand. So Vestal people can't call them or something? Well, apparently it's not working. So, so you don't want Vestal people to call I didn't say, gonna, I, I didn't say that. You're going to start censoring. <laughs> you call me, I'm telling you, bye. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Joseph broadcasting from the top of the world. Oh, yeah. Partly sunny today, 48, mostly cloudy tonight. Chance of rain and snow showers, 36. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, a few rain and snow showers, high 45. And right now at the top of the world, it's 33. That's one Celsius. Number one on Binghamton Top 40. It's 10 o'clock. More coming up with Binghamton Now on WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, mostly sunny, high near 48. 
Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of rain and snow showers, low around 36. Tuesday, mostly cloudy, chance of rain and snow showers with a high near 45. Construction crews are renovating an Endwell building to accommodate a state police station and the town of Union Court operations. A project to reconfigure and expand the town-owned structure on East Main Street is nearing completion. The state police facility is expected to be relocated from its current space in the building to the lower level. Town Supervisor Robert Mack said that the move probably will occur in January or early February. When the state police operations are relocated, remodeling work will begin for the town court. The court now operates out of leased space in the Johnson City Village Justice Building. Max said he now expects court operations could start at the Enwell building next May. Moving the court back to Enwell will save the town about $50,000 a year in rent payments that it's been making to Johnson City. The cost of the work at the Enwell building is expected to be around $2 million. The project includes flood proofing of that structure and the neighboring town office building. On Friday, workers at the site used a crane to remove old heating and air conditioning equipment before placing new units on the roof. On November 6th, a town of veteran highway department just north of Horseheads employee rendered 9-11 services to Merca Road in the town of veteran for a possible explosive Members of the New York State Police Bomb Disposal Unit and FBI responded and made the explosive safe. Members of the state police and federal partners investigated numerous leads over the week by interviewing neighbors and seeking information from companies across the United States, which yielded a possible suspect. On November 11th, Michael Hilliard was apprehended and charged with criminal possession of a weapon in the first degree. He was arraigned and remanded to the Chemung County Jail. On November 12th, New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigation executed a search warrant at Hilliard's residence at 207 South Main Street in Horseheads. The bomb disposal unit contaminated crime scene emergency response team and forensic identification unit located several suspicious hazardous materials inside the residence. The immediate surrounding area of the residence was evacuated for safety concerns until the suspect's residence was cleared of all hazards to the public. New York State Police are working in conjunction with the FBI for the disposal of all hazards. East Franklin Street to Broad Street and Horseheads was closed to the public while the scene was being processed. A project to develop dozens of affordable senior housing units in a building at Binghamton University Health Sciences Campus in Johnson City has been canceled. The school had been working with the Binghamton-based First Ward Action Council on a plan that would have used a section of the old Ozula building at 18 Park Street. The project had been discussed at meetings of the Johnson City Village Board in recent months. The board approved the site plan in late September. Agency Executive Director Jerry Willard said 30 apartments would have been developed using some of the space in the Park Street structure, but a decision was made recently to not go forward with the project. Willard said there were issues involved in the applying for state funding that would have been needed. The abandoned industrial building and neighboring properties were acquired by Binghamton University Foundation in 2019. University President Harvey Stenger told WNBF News the intention was to renovate the Ozil structure 
so it could be used to make pharmaceutical products. He said the first floor of the building would be a perfect site for manufacturing. A potential partnership between Binghamton University and Upstate Medical University may lead to a future use of a portion of the Johnson City building. Donald Trump's lawyers will start calling witnesses to the New York civil fraud trial that threatens the former president's real estate empire. First up today is Trump's oldest son, Donald Trump Jr. He is a Trump Organization executive vice president and a co-defendant in the case. He'll be returning to the witness stand two weeks after state lawyers quizzed him during a major stretch of the trial that also featured testimony from his father and siblings, Eric and Ivanka Trump. Trump Jr. originally testified in November 1 and 2. He said he never worked on the annual financial statements at the heart of New York Attorney General James' lawsuit. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. And away we go. Another hour of Binghamton Now. This is Bob Joseph on your Monday morning. Thank you for choosing WNBF as your information source. The number to call is 607-772-1290. You are welcome to participate. If you have a phone and a desire to speak, I say go for it. Let's have a conversation live on the radio on WNBF and WNBF.com. Oh, the frequencies, Kenneth, are 92.1 FM and 1290 AM. Those are the only frequencies you'll ever need. Set your radio to one of those frequencies, 92.1 FM or 1290 AM, and then rip the knobs off. Or throw away the remote or whatever it is. Once you get it set to one of those frequencies, you, Kenneth, are in the driver's seat. The highest quality information in the nation. Let's take a look at WNBF.com. Speaking of a website that provides, I think, interesting local information. Let's take a look at some. Oh, I like this story. And you're saying, well, Bob, you should because you actually wrote the article. Plan for apartments at Binghamton University JC campus scrapped. Well, so they were going to put in 30, not 29, not 31. They were going to develop 30 units of senior housing in the former Ozalid building. That's the somewhat interesting looking building at the east end of the so-called health sciences campus that's the one if you go down corliss avenue you start on corliss avenue and you see the pharmacy school then you see the research and development building that should be open in the spring and then you see the nursing school but you keep going, and down at the end of Corliss Avenue, you see the Ozalid building. 
So there it is in all its splendor. And they had plans to develop 30 units of senior housing. It's a partnership that's being developed by the First Ward Action Council. But that project will not go forward. We have more details about that as far as what will happen at that building. Well, the president of the university had said it would be a great place, a wonderful place, a perfect place for manufacturing. A perfect site for manufacturing is what Harvey Stanger said on this program. Well, I don't know if they're going to do any manufacturing now. Apparently, they're working on another partnership, a potential partnership between BU and Upstate Medical University. So maybe Upstate Medical University will have some use for part of that building. So keep an eye on that. 18 Park Street, or if you prefer, 25 Ozalid Road. Stand 13, let's go back to the busy, busy phones. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Well, my first name is John, and uh, I live in Binghamton. All right. And do you work for the Binghamton University Foundation? No, I don't. I don't, and uh, I don't want to. All right. I was just checking to see if the Binghamton University Foundation has acquired any more properties in Johnson City or elsewhere in Broome County. Are you, John, aware of any additional properties that they've acquired? No, what, what's on my mind today is uh, I'm thinking about tomorrow at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time uh, when uh, the fate of IM3 is to be determined. Uh, this according to Australian Press. Um, it's interesting. Uh, there's many, many stories that go unreported, and it's interesting. And thank you for allowing me to present the other side of the coin on this, because no one is. And thanks to the Indicott Board for letting me speak. Uh, you know, this is this is big. Uh, this is a hundred million dollar default on IM3, the thing that was supposed to save. Endicott and bring prosperity. This university. Well, isn't this going to be a game changer? I think Senator yeah. Schumer said this could be a game changer. So, if if things don't go well tomorrow, does that mean the game has changed again? Because to to have heard Charles Schumer and some of the other people who have been the most prominent supporters of the um, the Battery Hub in Endicott and affiliated with. Binghamton University, some of the most prominent supporters have suggested this truly is a game changer. But if if money is short and things are wobbly, sounds to me like the game could be even changing further and not not in a good way. This is sort of reminds me of how the Giants are playing. Well, what's interesting, if you uh, go by X, uh, formerly Twitter, you know, there was posters and it wasn't me that were raising concerns about this company. Uh, you know, two, two, three years ago. Uh, so, and people have got to understand, Imperium 3 apparently owns the building. The building is mortgaged. Uh, I guess Phoenix ended up with the building. And you see, this is a, another problem. This is a convoluted structure. Then you, you pretty created this 3CV out of the university incubator, not the incubator downtown. And 
he was essentially given $500,000 and a, a free reign to go and try to get some income from, I guess, his patents. They got Whittingham on board. Then, in some strange way, some, they couldn't launch an IPO. Uh, they couldn't. There was no SPAC, which is another way to go public. Interested? Isn't in that. that how uh, Donald Trump started his Truth Social with a SPAC? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Just yes. again, not related to the story, but just showing that a lot of uh, things over the last few years have been started uh, using SPACs. Okay, continue. So um, that leads you to I am three New York. So, and then I am three of Delaware, and I am three. LLC. I mean, you Preddy is is no businessman. Let's put it this way. Uh, and and uh, you know, there's a, been a substantial amount of money invested there. Now, again, the tell was Stanley Whittingham was a board member of Magnus until June of this year. Uh, had a half of five hundred thousand shares of Magnus. It was maybe seventy five cents at the time. So here, this Nobel Prize winner. Uh, jettisons, jettisons the board seat at Magnus to go over and join the board of Microvasta, a company by In the Texas, way. In no, Texas, no less. Yeah, but a, a battery company, by the way, that uh, I think uh, last week uh, reported a 29% increase in uh, income. So uh, why if you pretty, uh, why did Whittingham uh, essentially uh, leave his protege, uh, Salish Upredi, in the lurch. Did he ever uh, make any kind of public statement about it? No. I didn't hear anything. I thought he might no. have either either gentlemen. I both have been on the program. Both have been here in the studio. I would have thought they might have called in to give us an update to let us know, you know, just behind the scenes what's going on. Because I've put a lot, just between you and me, John, I've put a lot of eggs in this um, lithium-ion battery plant. I, uh, I've i expected great things. I've been, I've been uh, cautiously optimistic from the first moment that this was, was mentioned, and I thought this might be the thing that would turn around the uh, village of Endicott. This was, I thought, I thought this was going to be the one. Well, there's eight major battery companies in the United States, and no one really has said what the use of this, and really it's a battery solution that they, they're peddling, uh, you know, chemical reactions and all that. Uh, so we'll know now, we'll know now, I hope, I hope that Schumer and people that are politically connected don't make the mistake of putting any more taxpayer money into this rat hole. It's a rat hole. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, so that's one story, Bob. And, I again, I appreciate you letting me uh, go on about it uh, that hasn't been covered. You know, there's another story, and I'm not going to mention the guy's name. So we're out of that. But on November 3rd, a trustee of a, of a village here was arrested. Uh, you know, this is the second vill uh, town or village official to be arrested in five months. Uh, he works for a television station. So there you go. So uh, if you're out there in the public and you say, well, geez, I wonder how my 
village trustee, my village board is doing, and you don't know that a village trustee has been arrested, uh, then you don't know anything about your government. Well, getting, I mean, just the the larger view of of something like this is how selective law enforcement agencies are at reporting someone who gets arrested. So uh, I always love using the example of the guy who was accused of stealing a stale hot dog from the greasy rollers of an Endwell convenience store on East Main Street, retail value $1.98, and the state police thought that was worthy of a news release, and my guess is the, the poor guy was, was hungry and, and probably not thinking straight if that's if, if a man needing food, stole uh, a hot dog, had probably been on the hot dog rollers for two or three weeks, and then does that, let's face it, I guess that qualifies as petty larceny, and I do not. I do not support people taking anything that doesn't belong to them. But the state police thought that was worthy of a news release, but so often some people who are accused of potentially higher-profile violations no news release is put out. The The information that's put out, I think there's one guy, too, and I'm not going to mention his name or his case, but recently it almost seems to me like law enforcement is enjoying putting out news releases about this one guy who was in the news several months ago, and now it seems every time he has a brush with the law, they put out a news release about him. But for so many other people, I tell you, John, hundreds of people are being arrested a month in Broome County, and they don't get a news release. But, well, but somebody who is not liked by the police, and I'm not, by the way, I may have my own opinions about this person. I'm not saying necessarily he's a, a stellar citizen and your kids should grow up to be like him. But I'm saying it is interesting how no matter what he does is worthy of a news release, whereas if people are elected officials or connected with um, favored organizations, whether educational institutions or businesses or whatever, their charges go relatively unnoticed until somebody sees their name in a database. Well, yes, and, and this, this was the problem with all these organizations dedicated to hate, to keeping track of haters and extreme extremists. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll go and two guys will be in a mobile home with a Confederate flag up without a pot to urinate in, and, uh, you know, they'll be singled out as the next big conspiracy <laughs> while the university classrooms <laughs> – and the major universities were all preaching their own brand of hate and anti-Semitism. Yeah, I mean, it just seems, it, yeah, there's there's a, a certain unfairness or inconsistency in in whether it's law enforcement or collectively society's society's collective rage at any given time seems to lurch from you know one person to another. I mean, certain people. Let's be let's be fair. Some people just are apparently not popular. And because of their unpopularity, it, it might be easier to castigate them, whereas other people who may have done something similar or potentially even worse, they go un, unobserved, unrecognized. Un, and, it's, and again, I'm not saying that everybody who is accused of doing anything needs to be on the front page of the New York Post. I'm just saying there's, you know, where is the justice? Where is the peace? Why do why why do some people get 
thrust into the harsh spotlight of of the media thanks to a state police or some other law enforcement news release and other people are are basically yeah they're they're accused of something and their case may work its way through the system but i'm telling you john some people actually uh, manage because of their connections or because they can afford high-priced legal talent that their cases wind up and nobody is the wiser sometimes people find out even months or years later that somebody had a scrape and you say well that's interesting let me see if we can do a search if that turns up anywhere and they've managed to magically scrub it from the internet and yet again probably the the guy who allegedly stole a hot dog he probably can't get a job uh you know running carnival rides well, you know, I, there just seems to be a certain, I don't know. It's where, where is the fairness, John? The, the fairness uh, is uh, whatever uh, Fred Atchar and Paul Batisti <laughs> oh. is going to say. Oh, hey, we don't, let's, let's remember, that's not happening till January 1st. Come on, man. Well, you know. But, I, but again, I mean, what? that, again, in, in, the unfair treatment that I've observed, this isn't just something, say, that started in the last year or three years or five years. This has been, I'd say this has been going on for, for several decades. Maybe it's worse now than ever. But some people, if they are accused of doing something bad, suddenly their case gets mentioned in all the news releases. And it's like, well, why are you singling that person out? What, because you don't like him? Have you noticed that? Some people, and I'm not going to name names, I could, but and most of our listeners are astute enough to think of their own cases that have happened around here over the past year or two. Some people, because they're not liked by the local power structure, wind up being subjected to a, a specific scrutiny by law enforcement and, and therefore the liberal media, and, and other people just skate right by and... I don't know. I don't. I don't understand why, why they're allowed to play favorites. Well, I, I think that's why the General Lee car was brought to Broomcast. <laughs> oh, that. Uh. All we need. All we need now is a, a banjo player. We can uh, duel it out. <laughs> all right. Oh my gosh. At any rate, we'll see what happens as far as the future of Endicott. I'm excited. Looking at the latest, this is uh, from BU News. BU News, Binghamton University-led battery initiative named Federal Tech Hub. And remember, Mr. Game Changer, Charles Schumer, is, uh, is all excited about our batteries. And all, he's all excited about all the money, federal money, he's directing to a tech hub. So all I can say... Charles Schumer and others who've gotten me excited and whipped me into a frenzy about lithium-ion batteries, I hope this pans out. Senator Schumer, please. You know, now that you've latched onto something that actually can help Endicott and Broome County, please don't let us down. It's 1028. 
This is Binghamton Now with Bob Joseph. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. Thirty-one at WNBF coming up later today, from noon to three. Dan Bongino, three to six. Sean Hannity, six to nine. Mark Levin, a lot to talk about. Plenty to soak in every day here at News Radio WNBF. Also, when you start your day, be sure to start with ninety-two point one FM or twelve ninety AM, or the WNBF app with First News Binghamton. Don Morgan bringing you the important news, local, regional, state, national, global. It's First News Binghamton, 6 to 9, weekday mornings. WNBF continuing to provide the information important to you and your family. Here's some information. The weather, partly sunny today, high 48. Mostly cloudy tonight with a chance of rain and snow showers, low 36. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, a few rain and snow showers in the morning, rain showers later in the day, high 45. A little bit warmer on Wednesday, mostly sunny, high 54. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 33. That's one Celsius. The air quality is just fine. Go out and breathe some air. Because so far, the government has, fig- has not figured out a way how to tax the air that you breathe. I'm sure that they're working on that. They're probably going to require people to start wearing air meters by 2030 so local, state, and national governments can tax you for every bit of air that you breathe. Probably the same people that are going to take away your gas stove. (laughs) I was looking out my window. It was Saturday afternoon. I saw a truck. It was an unmarked truck. looked like it was from the government. (laughs) I think they wanted my gas stove. Oh, that makes me mad. Government taking away my gas stove. (laughs) Hmm, of course. Thank you. 
WNBF.com, the story we have been following for um, a while, the state police in Endwell. And they will soon move to a new spot in a town of Union building. They've been in a building in the town of Union for quite a while. Remember on this program, when was it, a year ago, year and a half ago, there was uh, some discussion that the town of Union wanted the state police to leave. I think there was, let me look that up. That was, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people like the, the letter that the attorney sent to the state police. Let me see if I can find that. Because they, uh, at one point, apparently somebody in the town of Union wanted uh, wanted the state police to pay. All right, yeah, so it was February of last year. And they sent a letter to the guy who runs the state police and... The deputy town attorney wrote, by my calculations, the last date of the lease would be April 18th, 2022. And so people are like, what? What? You're, to me, and I read the letter, to me, it sounded as though they're, they're trying to make a point with the state police. And I, I thought, well, gee, you know, state police have been pretty nice by running their Station in Western Broome County out of Endwell for decades. And I, I would think that if I was the deputy town attorney, I would come up with a different way to encourage the state police to have a conversation. But um, So anyway, early last year, they, they got a letter. The state police got a letter. The guy who runs the state police advising advising him that the troopers would have to get out of the building in 60 days and unless a new lease agreement was reached. I mean, which, hey, I'm sure it was just a legal maneuver, but still. It did get their attention. I know it got their attention. <laughs> the state police admitted it got their attention. In fact... After we reported that, the state police acknowledged that the lease negotiations with the town of Union were ongoing, but they also decided, especially based on that letter, that we'll look for other options. Now, ultimately, cooler heads prevailed, and uh, the state police and the town of Union reached an agreement, so everybody apparently is going to be happy. But what's going on now at the town building, they are doing some renovations. So within the next several weeks, the state police will move to a different section of that building. So the renovations are being done, some flood proofing and things of that nature. And then the state police can relocate to the lower section of the building. And then renovations can be made to the street level because that's where the town of Union Court Ultimately, will be probably in about six months or so. So, and we have a story about all this, about the work uh, that's going on right now over at WNBF.com. So you can see 
they had a crane out there. I'd, anytime I see a crane outside the state police station, I, I say, well, that, that looks interesting. So I stopped by and got some pictures and video of the work that was being done over at the state police satellite office in Endwell. Still looking at that letter. Lease termination. That may be the best letter I've ever seen. Please accept this as formal 60 days notice of termination of the lease for your state police office. <laughs> uh, whatever. Whatever. I'm, I'm sure it was nothing personal. It was just legal. It's 1039 at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. 607-772-1290. Do you have some thoughts about what's going on around here? Or do you have some thoughts about what's going on elsewhere? Because not to stir trouble up, but have you noticed? And this doesn't have a direct bearing on Binghamton, but it still is interesting. Eric Adams. You've heard of Eric Adams, the mayor who... Um, suggested to people that they could take their New York City-issued housing vouchers and use them in places like Binghamton and Owego. Well, now Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, seems to be under investigation. So, who knows what's going to happen with Mayor Adams? I just have to say, it doesn't... At the moment, it doesn't look good for Mayor Adams. Maybe... Maybe everything will be okay, but at, at this point, and you ha apparently, I guess it was a week ago, and this is never a good thing, whether you're a mayor or a um, police officer or uh, a reporter or just an average guy, it's never good when the FBI pulls you over and says, give us, <laughs> give us your cell phones and other devices. They had a warrant. And so they took, I, as the New York Times reported, they, they told the people in charge of the security detail for New York City Mayor Eric Adams, they basically told them to step aside. Can you imagine what's going through the head of Mayor Adams as the big black SUV? It's probably a two hundred dollars or $300,000 SUV that he rides around New York City and gets pulled over and these federal agents tell his security people to step aside and then they get in the car with him and show, show him the warrant and say hey give us your cell phones and other devices I'm no legal expert but I can tell you this things are not going well from a legal standpoint, things are not going well when the FBI pulls you over and then tells your security detail to step aside and then informs you you have to turn over your cell phones and other devices. That is, that is not the start of a good week. So hopefully for Mayor Adams, this week will be better. Stay tuned. It's 1042. Bob Joseph live, Binghamton Now on WNBF.
1045 WNBF Happy Radio. Yes, the Happy Radio format is gaining traction. So if you like happy, this is the happy spot on your radio dial. Let's take a look at some of the uh, stuff that's been filtering in through the emails. Uh, so, Jesse and Awego. Throughway robbery. Now I know what is going on, Bob. We, the taxpayers that don't want electric vehicles, are paying for all the charging stations that the Thruway Authority is installing in all of the rest areas. Bleep that. I no longer use the Thruway. It's looking like every highway will become a toll highway. Eh, could be. Probably makes sense. As they say, user fees. The people who use the stuff should pay for the stuff. That's right. Pay for the stuff. If you use the highway, pay for it. If you drive 119 miles an hour on the highway, pay. And they should have like a new regulation. You, you can use the highway for free. The highways, the highways of New York State, except for the thruway, all highways are free, 17 and 86 and so on. And then for every mile an hour that you go over the speed limit, you get charged five bucks. So if you want to go 70 miles an hour, I guess that's an extra 25 bucks. If you want to go 119 miles an hour, that's, well, I'm sure the state police can get a calculator. Just charge. Go, go whatever speed you want, but there's a price to pay. And you have to have it tied into your EasyPass account. So it's, it's constantly, if you have $1,000 in your EasyPass account and you want to drive fast on Route 17, for some reason you think the speed limit doesn't apply to you, go ahead and for every whatever X amount you go over the speed limit, then that money is deducted from your EasyPass account. And then when your EasyPass account gets down to zero, they have a feature that'll deactivate your car until you reload your EasyPass account. So if you want to speed, like some people do, just pay the price. I think that's perfectly legit. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Carl from Owego. Hi, Carl? Yeah. What's on your mind? Well, as I travel around and stuff, I've wondered why the town of Vestal, the quick fill there, took down their suppression canopy over the gas pumps. And I believe, I've been told, that there's a safety switch um, for attendants to push in case there's a fire. How can that even be acceptable? Which gas station in Vestal? Right across the bridge. 
Oh, the the old, I call it the old bridge, the undercut vestibule. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just a thought. Well, just, I'm 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 sure if it's a problem. The town of Vestal is uh, noted for uh, aggressive enforcement of things, so I'm sure if it's in violation... I'm serious. Vestal doesn't let people, in terms of businesses, getting away with anything. Vestal, even the biggest businesses, have to jump through hoops in Vestal. That uh, would shock you. I, I've been treated... I've been treated to some of the inside story, and so if it's... If they're in violation... Now, maybe they're doing... Are they doing renovations or construction? No, work? they took it down a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. You yeah. know, it, you, you know who you should call the town of Vestal. <laughs> well, don't, call them. I, I see how you make out. Yeah. What? What? They, they're not. They're not going to answer my questions. But you, a citizen, they'll answer your questions. Why would they answer my questions? I'm a reporter. But for a citizen who pays taxes, they would say, "Well, Carl, this is why." Yeah. But, well, yeah, I mean, I that's a good point, safety, but, you know. Safety concern for customers and stuff. I've never Well, I'm I, sure, let's it. put it this way. It's very close to the Vestal Fire Station there. It's within, you could probably yeah. see that from the fire station near oh, Four absolutely. Corners. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure the people who run the fire department, if if it's a problem, I'm sure they, they've contacted the authorities and will get it fixed. Must be it's not a problem or else if it's been that way for two years. Yeah. So, I, yeah, maybe okay. they have an alternative system. Thank you. Yeah. I, trust me. When I hear stories about what goes on with some business in, in Vasto, by the way, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying they're just enforcing the rules and regulations. And all, all rules, all regulations should be enforced. So if that particular business is not in compliance, I would believe that either code enforcement or someone, again, it's within eyesight of the fire station there near Four Corners, Main Street. So if it's a problem, I'm, I'm sure they've been notified. It's 1051. This is Bob Joseph serving America. On the radio at WNBF. WNBF uh, from the email. The Veterans' Choice Act. Fact check. The Veterans' Choice Act, which allows veterans to see doctors outside the government-run VA system at taxpayers' expense, was first approved by President Obama in 2014. In 2017, President Trump signed a bill that eliminated the program's expiration date and authorized funding to keep the program going. That was submitted by an anonymous viewer from Binghamton. Thank you. So thank you to uh, President Obama for the Veterans Choice Act. He's the one who first uh, approved it, according to our uh, viewer from Binghamton. So thank you, Barack Obama, friend of all Americans. Coming up next, 
more calls. So if you want to call in, if you haven't called yet, I encourage you to call and talk about anything you think is important on WNBF and Binghamton Now. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Today, mostly sunny, high near 48. Tonight, mostly cloudy, chance of rain and snow showers, low around 36. Tuesday, mostly cloudy, chance of rain and snow showers, with a high near 45. Construction crews are renovating an Endwell building to accommodate a state police station in the town of Union Court Operations. A project to reconfigure and expand the town-owned structure on East Main Street is nearing completion. The state police facility is expected to be relocated from its current space in the building to the lower level. Town Supervisor Robert Mack said that the move probably will occur in January or early February. When the state police operations are relocated, remodeling work will begin for the town court. The court now operates out of leased space in the Johnson City Village Justice Building. Max said he now expects court operations could start at the Endwell building next May. Moving the court back to Endwell will save the town about $50,000 a year in rent payments that it's been making to Johnson City. The cost of the work at the Endwell building is expected to be around $2 million. The project includes flood proofing of that structure and the neighboring town office building. On Friday, workers at the site used a crane to remove old heating and air conditioning equipment before placing new units on the roof. On November 6th, a town of veteran highway department just north of Horseheads employee rendered 9-11 services to Merca Road in the town of veteran for a possible explosive Members of the New York State Police Bomb Disposal Unit and FBI responded and made the explosive safe. Members of the state police and federal partners investigated numerous leads over the week by interviewing neighbors and seeking information from companies across the United States, which yielded a possible suspect. On November 11th, Michael Hilliard was apprehended and charged with criminal possession of a weapon in the first degree. He was arraigned and remanded to the Shimung County Jail. On November 12th, the New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigation executed a search warrant at Hilliard's residence at 207 South Main Street in Horseheads. The bomb disposal unit contaminated crime scene emergency response team and forensic identification unit located several suspicious hazardous materials inside the residence. The immediate surrounding area of the residence was evacuated for safety concerns until the suspect's residence was cleared of all hazards to the public. New York State Police are working in conjunction with the FBI for the disposal of all hazards. East Franklin Street to Broad Street and Horseheads was closed to the public while the scene was being processed. A project to develop dozens of affordable senior housing units in a building at Binghamton University Health Sciences Campus in Johnson City has been canceled. The school had been working with the Binghamton-based First Ward Action Council on a plan that would have used a section of the old Ozula building at 18 Park Street. 
The project had been discussed at meetings of the Johnson City Village Board in recent months. The board approved the site plan in late September. Agency Executive Director Jerry Willard said 30 apartments would have been developed using some of the space in the Park Street structure, but a decision was made recently to not go forward with the project. Willard said there were issues involved in the applying for state funding that would have been needed. The abandoned industrial building and neighboring properties were acquired by Binghamton University Foundation in 2019. University President Harvey Stenger told WNBF News the intention was to renovate the Ozolid structure so it could be used to make pharmaceutical products. He said the first floor of the building would be a perfect site for manufacturing. A potential partnership between Binghamton University and Upstate Medical University may lead to a future use of a portion of the Johnson City building. Donald Trump's lawyers will start calling witnesses to the New York civil fraud trial that threatens the former president's real estate empire. First up today is Trump's oldest son, Donald Trump Jr. He is a Trump Organization executive vice president and a co-defendant in the case. He'll be returning to the witness stand two weeks after state lawyers quizzed him during a major stretch of the trial that also featured testimony from his father and siblings Eric and Ivanka Trump. Trump Jr. originally testified in November 1 and 2. He said he never worked on the annual financial statements at the heart of New York Attorney General James' lawsuit. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph on a Monday morning at News Radio WNBF. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at all the life. There were plants and birds and rocks and things. There were sand and hills and rain. The first thing I met was a fly with a buzz and the sky. Zero seven 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 two twelve ninety is the Binghamton Now number. Fire suppression systems. Everybody wants them, but does everybody need them? Well, according to listeners who are weighing in after we received the call a few minutes ago from Carl and Owego about one particular station. Dave from Binghamton writes, fire suppression systems are no longer required at fuel pump canopies. If the system is there, it needs to be in working order. If remodeled or new build, it's not required at this point. So I recall that particular station on Main Street in Vestal uh, did undergo some remodeling a couple of years ago. So that probably explains why the canopy was removed at that time. 
So, as I said, they certainly didn't do it in a vacuum because it's not some gas station out in the middle of nowhere. It's right out in the middle of everywhere. Everywhere. Everybody can see. As I said, it's within eyesight of the Vestal Fire Station, so I'm sure uh, Vestal Fire Chiefs and the town supervisor and code enforcement, I'm sure they all know about it. So here is, uh, oh, Jesse from Owego. He, he wrote, I have never heard of a gas suppression system that has a push button in case of fire. They're fully automatic. Once the sensors detect a temperature rise, they go off. Last thing we need is a push button. <laughs> it's true. So he writes, some drunk, drugged up, or maybe someone having problems decided to push that button just because. Believe me, I've seen it. I've seen it. Well, he said he never saw a gas suppression system that has a push button, but now he implies that he has seen someone doing that. But, I mean, to your point, Jesse, yeah, I could see if... Seems to me I saw some station that had what I, I thought was a suppression system, a fire suppression system with a button. But now, now I'm trying to think where I saw that. I don't, hmm, yeah, I don't recall. Now I sound like Fawn Hall or Hillary Clinton. I don't recall. Or Ivanka Trump. I don't recall. Don Jr. I don't recall. Eric. I don't recall. I don't recall where I saw. But I, I would. I can, I can visualize. It was a button. And I thought it was a, for a fire suppression system. I just can't recall where I saw that. Mark from Endicott writes. Um, oh. He said, so what happened two years ago was the canopy supports rusted and partially collapsed, so they took it down. They just recently repaired the islands. Uh, rumor has it that no canopy plans to build a new station, but Vestal Planning did not approve the design, so they're operating without a canopy. By the way, that gets back to a little bit of what I was saying about the town of Vestal. They're, they're sticklers. The uh, planning people in Vestal are sticklers for businesses that want to sometimes remodel or rebuild or whatever, well, as they should be. Any planning board in any town or village or city, they should be sticklers because once something gets built, it's going to be there. So you have to be, I think, quite certain that the things you approve, if you approve a site plan for a business, a new business, or business addition, expansion, whatever, a remodel, and you don't look at every aspect of it, once it's built, you're going to have a lot of trouble if you don't like it. So better to nip something in the bud ahead of time before somebody winds up spending a lot of money because once they spend a lot of money and it's built, then you've got whole different legal problem on your hands. So that's why Vestal and other towns and municipalities around here closely examine plans for new businesses. And I've had conversations with people who want to start a new business or expand or remodel and sometimes 
They find it infuriating to jump through all the hoops and get all the I's crossed and the T's dotted and all that. But it's that way for a reason. So, uh, and the town of Vestal, given all the development they want, they want you. Oh, Tommy from Binghamton. Actually, Tommy, that's exactly right. Tommy wrote the button I saw. <coughs> Excuse me. Got to stop vaping. <coughs> the button you saw is an emergency shutoff for the pumps. Okay, that's exactly right. So it was not a fire suppression system. It's true. The fire suppression systems that I've seen uh, that are commonly part of the canopies over these um, gasoline emporiums selling some of the best gas made in America. Uh, obviously, those are automated, but yes, the the button I saw was to shut off the gas. Even I didn't dare do it. I thought, it, can you imagine? Imagine just for kicks if you did that. I don't know what laws are involved, but you can bet. You could bet they would slap those, they would slap the uh, bracelets on you so fast it'd make your head spin and give you the nickel ride. All right, buddy, come with me. They say you shut off the pumps. Get in here. You have an attorney? Everything you say will be used against you. Yeah, you don't shut off the gas pumps here. 1117, what else do we see here from uh, the WNBF Wide World of Fun? Wide World of Fun. I thought there was something else. Now, by the way, if you um, subscribe to Twitter, I hope you enjoyed the <laughs> picture of the doggy. Uh, everywhere I go. I'm looking for, for little doggies. And they, the thing is, they know, and you've probably noticed this, dogs, all dogs can easily identify dog people. I don't know how they have it they have, or how they do it. They have some kind of radar. But every canine unit knows if you like dogs. So everywhere I go... When somebody brings their dog, you know, you walk into a place and, and the dog is like, oh, look, here's someone who likes dogs. So I, you know, one of the pictures I, I posted on Twitter yesterday, Mizzy the dog, Mizzy. So Mizzy the dog wanted popcorn. Mizzy the dog was doing tricks for popcorn. Then outside, she was scared because then the cheese bus pulls up and I'm, I'm scared, too, because I had never seen a cheese bus, but there it is. It's like a school bus, except filled with cheese. So inside, everything's going well. Then the cheese bus pulls up outside, and then I don't know if Mizzy likes cheese or if she's triggered by big yellow buses I don't know but she she certainly barked enthusiastically when the cheese bus pulled up and no I didn't get any cheese I was I love I love cheese 
but I, I didn't have time to see. They must have had, I'm assuming it's a cheese bus. They probably had hundreds or thousands of varieties of cheese in the bus, but I, I didn't, didn't have time. I wanted to take a look. I just didn't have time. Next time I see the cheese bus, I'll, I'll take a closer look. See if they have any new varieties of Velveeta. It's 11:20 at News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 12:90 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 12:90. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. Eleven twenty-two, WNBF Radio, the station that cares. So we touched on this last week, and I still marvel at the audacity of some government officials. So if they pulled this kind of stunt today, the phone lines would be jammed. But 50 years ago... Apparently, no one really cared. So we touched on it uh, briefly last week when uh, it, we revealed that back in November 1973, Richard Milhouse Nixon thought it would be a, a good idea to save fuel. And I'm thinking, that is a great idea. In fact, can you imagine how much fuel... America really should have saved over the last 50 years. We could have saved a lot of fuel if only we tried, but we don't try very hard anyway. So November 1973, the legendary and well-known president, Richard Milhouse Nixon, thought it would be a clever idea to save fuel to institute a national speed limit of 50 miles an hour. I know, and the people who are younger members of our audience are saying what were they was Richard Milhouse Nixon a liberal Democrat no actually Richard Milhouse Nixon was a conservative Republican that's the ironic thing if it was if say somebody from the squad or AOC or who else oh Hakeem Jeffries Binghamton University graduate or uh, the vice president, what's her name? The one everybody loves, Kamala Harris. So if they today, any of those people I just mentioned, proposed instituting a national 50-mile-an-hour speed limit to save fuel, there'd be a lot of trouble. But 50 years ago, November 1973, there wasn't a lot of trouble at all <laughs> about a 50 miles uh, mile an hour speed limit. Richard Milhouse Nixon, a, a highly regarded, well-respected conservative Republican, told Americans they had to drive 50 miles an hour every day of the week. And so 
a couple of days later, they started changing all the speed limit signs in New York. They had actually just raised New York's speed limit to, to about 65 miles an hour a short time before Richard Milhouse Nixon came up with his idea to save fuel 50 miles an hour. And wouldn't you know, Governor Nelson Rockefeller, you know, that, that Rocky, that governor, the one, the one with the finger seen around the world after he pointed it enthusiastically at some hippies from SUNY Binghamton, Governor Nelson Rockefeller ordered the state speed limit to be 50 miles an hour. This was on the front page of the Sunday Press on November 11, 1973. Governor Rockefeller ordered a reduction of New York State's speed limit to 50 miles an hour and asked for other recommendations to conserve fuel. Staggered working hours for state and local employees, rescheduled school classes, and a relaxation of pollution control laws were among the possibilities he asked state officials for reports on. Rockefeller said the oil shortage is a lot more serious than people think, and it is going to grow. He ordered an immediate reduction of the speed limit to 50 miles an hour on all state highways for all types of vehicles. And he also urged mayors, county executives, and town supervisors to impose the same limit. So there. So that's what Republicans were doing in 1973. And a good thing. Saving gasoline, conserving energy was a good thing. But can you imagine 50 years later in November 2023, if President Joe Biden or New York Governor Kathy Hochul tried to slap a 50 mile an hour speed limit on us to try to conserve fuel? What it would do, I mean, first of all, we know people wouldn't obey the law because that's just how people are. If they were ordered to go 50 miles an hour, we know most New Yorkers, I know most New Yorkers now, they don't obey the current speed limit. Speed limit is posted at 65 miles an hour. You drive through upstate America, a lot of people are zipping through at 90 or 95. So... If they tried that today, nobody would pay attention. Our friend Steve Craig, you remember Steve Craig, journalist who was uh, on radio and TV for many years around here. When I posted that front page of the Sunday Press with Rocky ordering the 50 mile an hour speed limit in New York State, Steve Craig wrote, I remember, had to drive from Binghamton to Buffalo and I was very surprised that people were complying with the 50 mile per hour limit on the thruway. But again, that shows you how times have changed. If they tried to do that today in New York State, next to Zero about 0% of the people would comply. A few people would comply, going 50. And then there'd be crashes because 98% of the people would still be going 85 or 90. So that shows you how America has changed over the last 50 years. Republicans imposed a 50 mile per hour speed limit to conserve fuel as we approach winter in 1973. If Democrats pulled that today, Virtually no one would obey it.
And for the most part, they'd be calling into the show complaining. Oh, we shouldn't conserve fuel. Well, maybe you don't think you should. I will say this, and I'm not advocating a 50 mile an hour speed limit. I can't drive 50. I admit it. So I'm not advocating that. I'm saying if there was a 50 mile per hour speed limit, because of the amount of gas that would be saved, gas prices would come down because it would reduce demand for gasoline. So I don't know. If people stopped driving 90 and started driving 50 or 55, because of the reduced demand for gasoline, prices would start coming down. But I admit, that's not going to happen. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Carol from JC. I, I call to apologize, but that, uh, but I also want to talk about that 50 mile an hour speed limit. So what I was going to say is I'm sorry I was so adamant about the uh, bridge or the walking bridge uh, being taken down. But when you're going through there at 1030 at night and all these lights and there's something overhead, it certainly did not appear as though anything was done. Okay. All that said, uh, I'll get back to the 50-mile-an-hour zone thing. Does anybody remember that after it became 50, they had to go around because people were complaining, and they changed it to 55? There were a lot of 50-mile-an-hour signs out there that had 55 painted over the zero. Does anybody remember that specifically? Ooh, I don't know how old you were. <laughs> oh, I remember. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, it didn't last for long. And, and the interesting thing, in, um, actually in the press from, I think, I don't know if it was November 12th, uh, 50 years ago, they actually showed a guy changing the signs because New York speed limit had been changing over the last few years. So some signs that initially had said 55 later were changed to 60 and then 65 as the state adjusted speed limits and for some of the signs that they had to change back to 50 all they had to do was take off the five that had been put over the zero from when the speed limit was 60 so they took the the five off or said 65 and then they moved it over to cover up the six so so it would say 50 so some of the signs didn't have to be uh completely or didn't but require that saying, big yeah but you were saying that people were happy uh, driving at 50. No, I didn't I say no. No, I feet. didn't say I didn't <laughs> say they were happy. I said Steve Craig said he was surprised when he went to yeah, I heard a Buffalo. Part, but no, you, no, you really nobody did I didn't say they were happy. Uh, I said they complied. Well, I guess that means it's happy, but but uh, I I just wanted to remind you or the people out there that it did not stay 50 for very long and i thought perhaps you might know how long it lasted at 50 before they went around changing the signs up to 55 um and, i don't know i could look it up but i and i, and I, I, a, I really don't know i have another topic i have another topic uh I'll, I'll be brief uh whenever people call and they have the radio on in the background you immediately tell them to turn the radio down and didn't you just say last week, or I don't know how many days ago, or was it this morning? I can't remember. I've been busy with the radio on and off, uh, that uh, you don't play favorites. Were you saying that on Friday, or did you say that today? I can't remember. I don't you know. Said you, you don't play favorites. Well, then, but 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 I play favorites, so I, 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 uh, I'm clarifying. I do play favorites. 
there is a person that calls that uh, the spouse of that person, you could hear them talking in the background, you could hear the radio going, and for the five minutes that you spend talking to that individual, we have to listen to that, that feedback. Or Right, so I stand corrected. I do play favorites, and I, I will continue to play favorites. Well, I think it's lousy. Okay. Hey, I agree. It's lousy, but at least I admit I play favorites, and I admit I'm not going to change. It's lousy, but at least I admit it. But you have to think about your audience. I do. I do all the time. But I still play favorites. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that's okay. Like you always say, it's your program. But it's annoying to the people that are listening to the program. Enough said. Talk to you. See you on first base. <laughs> yes. I'll see you in April. I'll, I'll buy you a Coke at the first game. It's 1134. Can't wait for baseball. Why do we have to wait so long for baseball? Why can't we have winter baseball? I would go. If they played, if the Rumble Ponies played a 10-game schedule here in Binghamton during the winter, like three games in December, three games in January, and four games in February, I would go to all those games. I promise you. Unless the... Unless the roads were too difficult. But if the roads were cleared, if they would have winter baseball, I would go. I would go to each game. And I would buy hot chocolate at each game. <laughs> Hi, you're on the air. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Bob, this is John from Vestal. Uh, Bob, I have a question for you. Uh, last week... It was either Friday or Saturday. I heard on the radio that there was a fire out at Tioga Downs, and uh, it uh, it happened in one of the uh, horse barns, and a number of horses were killed as a result of the fire. Uh, that was the only thing I ever heard. I never heard anything as far as the news goes on any other station. And I was wondering if you had heard or knew anything about it. Yes, we have, in fact, reported that the state police have arrested a 32-year-old man from Athens. They claim he set the fire over at oh. the barn. So they, oh, the okay. uh, suspect, he's 32 from Athens. He's been charged with arson, burglary, criminal mischief, and assault. And they... They arraigned him, and I believe they still are holding him at Tioga County Jail. But they didn't say why why he would set a fire that would kill 30 horses. Oh, okay. So, okay, yeah, we did a story. I, I it. <laughs> yeah, we did, did the story, uh, and it's also still on our website. So there are still plenty of questions, though, about the fire because nobody, okay. nobody can understand why anyone would set a fire to a barn filled with 30 horses. Right. <laughs> okay, Bob. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for the call, John. Okay. It's 11.37 at News Radio WNBF. Don't worry, we're going to follow up on the story. It's a complicated story, and uh, you can bet I have a few questions. So stay tuned to WNBF. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com.
1140 WNBF Drive Safely Drive to Say Alive Please who obey all the speed signs and all the other regulations as you drive around the USA today. Pete and Whitney Point, you're on the air. How's it going? Like some of your other callers do, but I do need to give you a correction uh, of a statement you made to a previous caller about Ilhan Omar. And you said that she was a citizen of the United States, born in Detroit. Actually, she was born on October 4th, 1982 in Somalia. She left in 91 to go to Kenya, and she emigrated to the United States in 1995. That's not who who I was talking about. We were talking about Congresswoman Tlaib. Excuse me all the death. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, so yes, to your point about her... I, I believe you're accurate, but Rashida Tlaib, I'm probably mispronouncing her name, was... No, born. I think you got that right. Yeah, and, 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 and she I was... Apologize. Oh, that's okay. I, no. I apologize for not listening carefully enough. No, that's okay, because believe it or not, as as your humble host, I, I am prone to make some mistakes during the live program, so don't don't think that I'm, I'm uh, above being fact-checked so sometimes well, if if you hear something at, that i say during a live a broadcast especially responding to um a caller's question or whatever i try to be accurate also in that case i actually while it was being discussed i punched it up on on my screen because i yep. didn't i couldn't have told you just um off the top of my head where she was born. So, yes, that I actually looked up. But I, I will say, if you hear something in the future that turns out to be erroneous, I would I would encourage you to call in to uh, correct me. Well, I listen to you all the time, but I, I have never called in before. Oh, well, if, that, if that's the case, well, I'm glad you called in well, because I, I do appreciate it. Yep, and I I uh, I don't normally do this, but again, it just seemed like oh wait a minute, there's something wrong yeah. there because that doesn't sound right. Okay. And so I normally don't even Google stuff, but I did this one because I just thought, well, nah, that doesn't sound yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, and getting uh, to your point, because and and you're right, um, Ilan Omar was born in Mogadishu, Somalia, uh, October fourth, nineteen eighty two. And yep. yeah, so yeah, and there's, uh, I mean, all, and, and say what, you know, you know, I know a lot of people feel strongly about the members of Congress who are said to be part of the squad. I understand that, that people um, have strong opinions about what they stand for, what their worldview is. And, um, but I, I also do my best to try to accurately reflect. The, the facts. I'm not getting. I try not to get into a debate too much about about the specific issues, especially the squad, because I. One thing I know, Pete, about the people who listen to WNBF. Generally speaking, they're not big fans of of any of the members of the the squad. But that's okay. I mean, no, the, probably not. <laughs> but but <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a pretty safe statement. Yeah, and it might be an understatement, but <laughs> but it's also fair to point out that. 
those members of Congress weren't elected to represent people here in upstate New York. They were elected to represent people in their districts, as it should be in the House of Representatives. Getting back to my point about the man who is running or says he may run as a Libertarian Party candidate in Arizona in the 8th District, just because he was in Washington on January 6, 2021, and faced scrutiny and some charges because of things that happened— As far as I know, he's entitled, like anyone else, to run for Congress. And if the people of that district vote for him, if he gets the most votes, I will congratulate him. I don't have a problem. I mean, I I don't share his worldview. And clearly, he and I disagree on how the election went in 2020. But I don't say he's not entitled to run for Congress. And if he gets enough votes, I'll be the first in line to congratulate him and wish him well. But also, believe it or not, I'll discourage him from participating in the next insurrection. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Bob. That's all, that was really all I had Thank to Thank you, offer, Pete. So. By the way, all how right. are things in Whitney Point? Ain't, oh, I know. Did they um, did they finish uh, building the, the Burn Dairy convenience store? Is that nearly finished? It's just about ready to open. Yeah, it looks like they're getting pretty close. They've still got some fencing around it because they're finishing landscaping and obviously, uh, I think, stocking up the store. What about the but car wash? They said that one. The car wash looks like it's done, at All least right. externally. You can see, yeah, they were done with the construction of the external part of the building whether they've got all the equipment in yet i i don't know but no we're very happy to see that come to our area because well we've certainly got enough gas stations to whitney point but on the other hand burned area offers a lot of things that uh some of the others don't my wife in particular loves their little ice cream sandwiches and donuts yep you know, I, I mean, they they uh, opened up their first Broome County store in Endicott. Then they opened up one in, in Endwell. And then not too long ago on uh, Front Street in the town of Shenango. And looks to me like everybody is competing well. I, I actually think competition is good for everybody. I mean, even, well, hey, it makes competition makes everyone better. Yeah, and generally helps keep prices in check, too. Sure so. does. Pete, thanks for your call. Thank you, Bob. 11.47 at WNBF. We're here for you. If you hear me make a statement that you believe is factually incorrect, you should call me. Because, yeah, I'm not saying that I'm 100% accurate. When you start hearing a voice that sounds like my voice and everything that emanates from your radio or from your phone is 100% accurate, that will be proof that they finally have replaced me with a $40 AI program. So I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm saying when you hear a program where everything using my voice is 100% factual and there are no mistakes, that's how you know that I've been replaced with a $40 piece of software. In the meantime... I'm stuck using natural intelligence. This is Bob Joseph with you on WNBF. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Bob Joseph.
WNBF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Beverly in the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Hey, got good news. The bridge is down. Oh, I saw. I saw. Somebody sent me a picture, and then I went to see it for myself, and I am the happiest person on the planet. Well, well, Bob, really, I did not know there was activity on that bridge. I, you know, I'm a court, I'm around, I've lived here for a number of years, and I never knew what until, until Mike Mar- Marinaccio mentioned it on the news. Yeah, I was glad that he mentioned it because I didn't know about it either. So, fortunately, yeah, it's pretty good. Now, I think they're going to make that 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 flat now. I don't think it's going to be there because they're working on it. I think they're going to uh, take that knoll right out. All right. Well, I'm glad. I, I'm 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 glad that what I I often say after a time like this, I say mission accomplished. That's right. All right, thanks for your call. 11.53, Martin from Binghamton, you're on. Yeah, um, on Action News last night, they had a pretty good segment on the fire. Um, I guess two dozen horses, 24 horses died. No, 30, 30 horses. Yeah, 30 horses. They had 24. Yeah, so that was on Action News? Yeah. All right. They had some aerial views of that and everything else. But um, what I saw that was coming up on 60 Minutes was uh, about cleaning up horse racing, and which is um, the guy that won the uh, Breeders' Cup last week. Um, he was suspended for 10 years, and um, they were talking, uh, featuring about... Um, Guys, they caught a train, a couple of trainers talking back and forth about using a substance that um, would make the horses run better and um, keep their bones stronger so they wouldn't break down and everything. And um, they were talking about the main guy that this is too bad because I bet on the race that um, biggest fender with Bob Baffert, his horse Medina Spirit, won the Kentucky Derby. But it wasn't for a year later that they found that it, he had cheated. And, but he just got a fine and was, was kept away for a year. But surprisingly, they said, well, it's not even, it's not just um, thoroughbreds. Then they featured, well, they're going to talk to Jeff Gurrell was on. And, oh, yeah, and, I saw that. But he was only on for 53 seconds. Oh, yeah. It was a 13-minute segment, and they uh, only put Mr. Garal on for 53 seconds. But anyway, well, it's, you know, it's a start. I appreciate your call, and we'll see what they do to clean up the sport. Because uh, I, I, for one, regard as reprehensible. If they're doping horses, I mean, it's one thing if Lance Armstrong is doing it, but horses? Oh, come on, man. You can't do that. That can't be legal. That's our program for today. I'm Bob Joseph. Thank you so much. I'll be back tomorrow here on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.